everybody. Yeah, so some of you may know that, that the people who are involved in teaching here, we get together every month or so and we do a bit of planning and thinking about what, what we could be teaching on for the for the months ahead. And um, some of the stuff that we're going to do today and, and on Wednesday has come out of that meeting. So this group, um, we thought we'd take some time this morning to reflect back on how how God's been leading us as a church, but also us as individuals over the last 20 years. Um, Urban was planted in April 2001, is that right? 2000, okay, so it's 21 years. 21 years old, wow, yeah, have to have a, a drink for that. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, reminding ourselves of, of God's faithfulness over those years to us as a people, but also to us as individuals, and also as a way of kind of helping to stir maybe what what God's saying to us about the next 21 years, if you like. So um, this act of remembering seems to be something that God God really values, if I'm so um, presumptuous to speak on his behalf. <laughs> we, we see this in the Bible, at least, that the way time and time again he He instructs his people to, to remember, to, to do these acts of remembrance, to observe special rituals, meals, stories, um, to remind them primarily of the way that he's rescued them. Uh, perhaps the most famous and enduring of all of these rituals is the, the Passover meal, which God gave to the Hebrew people as they were being liberated from slavery. And uh, in Exodus 12, it records the instructions, basically the detailed instructions of how they're supposed to observe this meal. And then it goes on to say, obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you, as he promised, observe this ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it's the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. So God designed this perplexing meal so that children would say, what the heck's going on here? <laughs> so that it would start a conversation. Um to remind them of what he'd done for them. So God, God wanted this story to be preserved and he wanted it to be passed on from generation to generation. So, um, yeah, and, and the symbols work their way into the consciousness of each generation. Similarly, there's a, an interesting story in Exodus 17 where these recently freed slaves are wandering around in the wilderness and, you know, ripe for the picking the, the, a tribe called the Amalekites descend on them and begin to attack them. And you may be familiar with the story, like Moses is lifting his hands up, and as long as his hands are lifted, the Israelites are winning. And as soon as his hands begin to droop, the Amalekites are winning. So he asks people to lift his hands up for him. Anyway, it's a kind of strange story, but it says you know, in, in Exodus 17 that um, after God miraculously delivers the people, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it. And then Moses builds an altar and calls it, The Lord is my banner. So there's another story, I guess, of God saying, Write this down. Don't forget this. Um, tell Joshua. Make sure he knows about this. Make sure he passes this story on. So we, we ourselves, I think, remember you know, every week in our, in, the, in our own way this version of the Passover meal which Jesus gave us. And um, which I, you know, similarly take great delight with Francis and trying to explain it to him. What does it all mean? Um, as a way to help him to grasp 
God's great love. So, so, so there's some reasons, I guess, why God is concerned that we would be a remembering people, or maybe some examples. And why? Why is it? Why does he want us to be a people who remember? Why does he want us to remember these saving acts? I think it's because, um, well, we, we only really need to imagine what life would be like without memory, without the memory of the way he's intervened in our lives. Um, if he hadn't given us these rituals and stories, if we'd lost them to history, we would be drifting in a world that's really an anxious world. You know, When we forget our past, all of our... Um, yeah, we, we lose track of our ability to interpret our present. And without the ability to interpret our present, we have no ability to look forward to, to hope for a future. Um, so, yeah, our lives become a, a meaningless jumble of random events, and that gives us no sense of purpose and no sense of direction. So at the most fundamental level, our past, each of our pasts, frames and helps us to interpret our present and our future. It tells us who we are, who we've been, and who we're becoming. And this is true for us. I think all of us will know this is true for us as individuals. We all make sense of our lives this way. But it's also true for us as a people, as as this church. Each of us, in, in effect, have our own story, our personal story of salvation, of how God has in his own way, stepped into our lives and delivered us from whatever it was that we were in bondage to. We call this, you know, Christians call it my testimony, um, which is a nice little Christianese thing that we'll learn along the way. Um, But, you know, I'm sure if we all went around and shared our testimony, we'd be amazed at the way God's delivered us, the way God's spoken to each and every one of us. We'd all have our story. And um, we also have a collective story as a people of God's saving act in this church of the way he's brought us together as a people and the way he's moved within this church over the last 21 years um, yeah uh, I was 14 years old when I first came to Urban and I, I guess I was there at the beginning um, I was willingly there I must admit I was willingly there I, I'm not a real rebel so I, I wasn't going to but my sisters didn't come, so, you know, I <laughs> I've got that over them. Um, anyway, I've navigated, you know, 14, you know, it's a bit of a formative age, isn't it? Like, I've I've navigated some pretty important years with this church, in this church. Like, this church has shaped me over, over those 21 years, um, two decades of life, uh, more than two decades. So, so my story, my personal story of my relationship with God is so inextricably woven into this community. Um, I'm very grateful for for everybody that's been part of my story. Um, So in effect, what I'm saying is there's a convergence. There's my story of faith, and then there's the story of this church, and they converge. And they're both stories of God's saving acts in my life. Um, So these stories intersect and interpret each other. Some of you have been part of Urban for at least as long as me, maybe um, from there from the beginning as well. Um, some of you have only been part of this church for a very short time. And that's, you know, but, but regardless, each of us have walked in the door at some point. Each of us are here, you know. And being here today, it means that for each of us, our story, our individual story, is converging right now with the story of this church, of this people. 
So this morning, this is my long preamble, and I'm finished now. So this morning, three three people are going to um, share briefly about this idea, how their story has converged with the story of this church. And then before we wrap up the service, um, we're just going to provide some time and space to reflect each of us to reflect on how our story and the story of this church have converged or perhaps are converging. The questions we've asked each speaker to reflect on, and they may or may not get through all of them, is what characteristic of God did you encounter when you first came to Urban? What was the first glimpse of God that you saw when you came to this church, what you saw in the people? How was it present in the community at the time? And how has this quality of the church um, developed or matured or changed over the time you've been here? And then how did this, you know, this slice of the story, this individual slice of the story of Urban Vineyard intersect with the story of the speaker? And then finally, using a metaphor of new growth, where where do they, where does each speaker sense the the new growth is, both for them and for the church in this converging space. So without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Matthew. Thanks, Johnny. So I, Johnny's tasked me to um, think back a little while to about, about, about not as far back as Johnny um, went back to the age of 14, but... Um, I think I started drifting. I was sort of drifting around urban for a, for a few years before I really started turning up at um, about um, 20 or so in about 2005, 2006. Um, and I, uh, I think it was, it was friendships that drew me in, um, high school friendships. And I, I was drawn by the people. Um, and when I was with those people, I think what was the characteristic of God that um, I really glimpsed at first? It would have been hospitality, I think, and um, and affirmation. I felt for the first time like I could um, really be accepted for as being myself, which was um, at that point for me something which was pretty foreign. Um, I'd you know grown up in primary school with into high school with friendships which were often pretty tenuous, and uh, I never really felt like I could be uh, myself and. And home, now that I think back, it was it was pretty volatile too. You know, I had everything I needed, and it was a great place. But I also there was there was you know conflict and shame and all those things that I think we probably all have um, known. Um, and I had faith as well. Growing up, I had um, been brought up in the traditional church, and I um, I loved the rituals and the meanings behind them, and the, the the mystery of all of that. And I knew in my head that I was loved by God, um, but I'd never really known community like. I don't know about you, if um, you'd grown up in um, church, but for me, and probably for heaps of people like me, um, you'd go on Sunday and you'd do the hour of Mass and you'd go home, you know, and go to the bakery and get lunch and go home. And um, so, yeah, not, not, I don't really have any friends who, who are at church, no, no community. Uh, but Urban was different. And when I started coming here, I was encouraged. You know, it was uh, again, it was a sort of a foreign thing for me at the time. I was I was looked in the eye, and I was welcomed, and I was accepted, and I was affirmed. And it was something which made me believe that I could be uh, well. That I was okay to be who I was, and that um, it also inspired me to want. And he taught me pretty much everything I know about um, worship, and he taught me that. Uh, intimacy is more valuable than intensity. 
and he taught me to seek simplicity and um, in a way that everyone could join in. And that was something else which was really special to me at that time, coming from an upbringing where there's some pretty tricky hymns with some pretty (laughs) old-fashioned words. Um, So to have that simplicity where everyone could, could join in. It's interesting thinking back about it. There's been a bit of a challenge trying to remember this week because um, uh, I, you know, I haven't had very much sleep, um, and <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a challenge. There's sort of this. They say there's this. It's a scientific trick. Like you, when you have a child, and they keep you up all the time because you need sleep to form a memory. And if you don't have sleep, you don't form memories. And so it's like a biological trick. You go for a couple of years, and then you think, oh, that wasn't so bad. Let's have another one, and. <laughs> So it's been a challenge to <laughs> remember, even though I'm tr- only trying to think back 10, 15 years. Um, now, also, there was a youth group. It was more of a young adults group, and it was pretty different from what I know of other church youth groups. It wasn't um, run by some professional youth pastor older than the rest of us. It was, it was run by, by Johnny and a bunch of our friends, and it was, it was ours. It was ours. Um, yeah, we were, you know, about 17 to 21 years old. We were sort of this, um, yeah, ragtag bunch of people. Something drew us together. Lots of friendships, different groups of friends sort of collided together and kept us together for a few years. And it was ours. We, we had been trusted. I think that was a really special thing as well that I remember. Um, I don't think I'd really known something like that before to be, to be trusted with something. But that's what Lloyd and Vicky did for us. Um, yeah, we were trusted. It was a diverse group. There were these extroverts. There were the inviting and gathering people, and there were um, there were heavy metal musicians, and there was you know geeky introverts like myself. And um, yeah, something kept us together. We had uh, we had this really good foundation. I think we like we and and what we did when we gathered together on a Tuesday, we there was the presence of God, and we I think we all felt it. And we were growing up together over those years, we, and our faith was growing together. And, um, and for us, I think, you know, uh, yeah, it wasn't like your traditional youth group, I don't think. You know, um, God wasn't this um, sort of black and white faith that was being spoon-fed to us. We weren't having dogma sort of spoon-fed to us, but we were um, exploring and um, experiencing the presence of God ourselves. And we were um, growing up into that. So we... Um, we all played a part. We all, you know, everyone got to play, as they say. And on Sundays, I could get wisdom from those um, a little bit older than me a few years down the road. And, and uh, again, people who would look me in the eye and encourage me. I was supported and I was accepted for being who I was. And so that's what the urban community has um, been for me. That's what drew me in. That's what's kept me here. It's a place where I'm in, I've been encouraged like I never have anywhere else in the world, anywhere else in my life. And it's a place where I can talk and, and be listened to. Um, I still can't believe Lloyd's trusted me with a microphone for so many years. <laughs> um, no matter how unacceptable I thought that I was, you know. I was washed with the patience and grace of people like Lloyd and Vicky. Um, people who stuck by me, even though I probably said a bunch of dumb stuff. But um, <laughs> people have become really good friends. And um, and that's that's how I've... That's how my relationship with God has moved as well. It's um, it's formed through this simplicity and intimacy and worship and um, and community. Um, it's a community also where 
I could think as well where it, w- it w- didn't require turning off the brain and just believing what I was told. But this is, um, I always remember Lloyd talking about us being uh, keepers of the why. Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Actually, just while I'm thinking about it, I heard this really great quote this week, which was that tradition is for the passing on of fire. So I think that's what we're probably trying to do here today is pass on the fire and f- and figure out where it's going. I don't quite have that answer for you, uh, where the fire is um, lighting the way in the f- um, from from here on. But this is for me is where what it's what it's been so far, and I believe that's in our. Uh, I'm sure as you'll hear from Emma and Peter, that's our d- in our DNA. Um, it's a place where we. Um, are able to to experience the presence of God and intimacy and simplicity to um, be welcomed and to welcome to be encouraged and to encourage and um, I think that's what we're going to continue to do. Uh, it's not a very clear picture, but I know that that's what will always be with us. So in that um, spirit, I'll pass on to Emma. Thank you. I think there's some themes. <laughs> no rehearsals earlier or exchanging notes. Um, but yes, I, as I was thinking about when I when I first came to Urban, maybe it was, uh, I actually don't know, maybe 10 or 11 years ago. Um, and myself and Rachel Parker, we visited together and people, I think, fr- from then on got confused about which one. We were the same person, I think. At that time, we kind of dressed the same and... Um, yeah, not not really intentionally, but um, for some reason I don't know. Anyway, we were we were kind of two for one deal. Um, but <laughs> anyway, I guess that when I was thinking about the characteristic of God that I encountered was acceptance. Um, and right from when I I hadn't even gotten in the door and I'd been asked to help with the youth group um, <laughs> uh, earlier at the time was I guess the other characteristic I would have taken from my very first interaction was enthusiasm um, <laughs> and inclusion because he was like well you could at least drive the van I mean if you don't want to be a leader um, but it was like here I am not even in the door and I'm accepted as part of you can belong here you can you've got a part to play so I didn't let that put me off I did go past the door um, and but uh, what I I guess stood out is that people didn't seem to be pretending to be someone that they weren't or no one was trying to be super holy or no one seemed to be worried so much about being someone that they weren't and you know partly that was front row while Lloyd's speaking and there was like <laughs> teenagers journaling their like angsty thoughts in the in their little diaries in front of me it was like and then there were no, like the kids in the church wouldn't bat an eyelid that there was a man in a dress that was part of the church. You know, those things where it's just like, actually, anyone seems like they can find their home here. And same for me. Like I found people who had the same kind of dorky, in a, well, dorkiness and like quirkiness and inappropriate humor, but in the right kind of inappropriate, like Lloyd, you know, like you kind of see that, like there's pe- <laughs> It's like appropriately inappropriate for the church, but um, it was like, oh, I don't have to kind of leave that part of myself at the door. Like people laugh in this church. It's okay. Like it's as, as spiritual as some, you know, as singing to God. Like it's, there's, I can bring who I am and be accepted here. Um, and the other part of how that, I guess how I saw that play out is that, you know, you you don't have to deny the, that there's pain or that there's difficult things that you're going through. It's not like you have to, I'd been told in previous churches that, 
you know, you kind of just, you have to just be happy and praise God because God has saved you, you know, like it's kind of, there's, that's what we're here to do. It's not um, almost like you're not, not allowed to kind of be sad or be, have doubts or, or fears or those kind of things are almost, there's, there wasn't space for that in my experience of um, church before finding Urban. And so not just acceptance of me, but also acceptance of all of life and the spectrum of experiences that we we go through and, and that kind of um, finding a community where actually we all know those things are normal and part of the human experience, but we also know who to go to with those um, things, with the pain that we've got or, or with our, our doubts. If, even if we're not sure if God exists, we know we can gather and we're not just gathering as a a friendship club, we're gathering around someone um, that we believe has everything we need and, and we can go to Jesus. So it's um, it's acceptance into a family, but also, you know, we, we don't have the answers personally, but we do know the one. And so that um, that was important for my own, I guess my own story around that time was the reason why acceptance felt so important is because I really struggled that God would accept me. It was like, I don't... That to be in a community where, um, you know, where I was accepted for who I was and people told me that they loved me and they showed me that in various ways and they, they included me. But also, you know, the stuff, the baggage that I came with had a home as well because there were, every week there'd be an opportunity in some way to be able to welcome what God wanted to say to me about that or what God wanted to do in healing me or encouraging me or those kind of things that actually... Um, the whole thing of coming as you are, but mm, yeah, not staying as you are and, and not because someone's got a plan for your life and an agenda to change you. Um, but even more than that, that actually experiencing that in a community of people then meant that that means that God might even accept me or that God is okay with me or God loves me because that so often is experienced through community with people that we we sometimes find that hard to get that experience directly from God, or for me, that was a really big part of how I um, how I experienced God's love and continue to. So as I was kind of thinking about in terms of looking forward, um, I, I very much, like for me personally in my own story, uh, my sense has been that God's been inviting me to learn to be with him, um, that you know, when I'd ask him, like, what should what should I do? What should Urban do? Like, what's our next thing? It always seems to be that he's just saying, just learn to be with me. Don't worry about doing lots and lots of stuff. If you just focus on learning, like we've been doing this, um, you know, rhythms of grace, those unforced rhythms of grace of when we walk with him and work with him, then he will do all sorts of things. And so in some way it feels like a cop-out to be like, um, I don't know exactly where we're going or what we're doing, but I know that if we learn... And if we if we can almost relax into that and that we have that unity or that community that we have here, that actually, you know, in the interdependence of a community like this, loving each other, even though we're all different and some people, you know, that if so many people at the moment are, are lonely and are lacking in community or friends or a family or any, like are looking for a, a sense of belonging and so in those things, I guess, where I find myself dreaming is like, what would it look like to to be able to give away what we've got, this incredibly rich community of love that 
how do we include people that are, are longing for that exact same thing and that are, you know, that haven't met Jesus yet or they don't know that they have their, you know, they're, they're walking towards him. But, but in a community like this, we get to give that away. And so my wondering is, yeah, where there are opportunities to be able to do that because there's so many people um, that are looking for it. So in a way, it's like Matthew said, like we kind of just keep doing what we've been doing, but I, I truly believe there's there's people that will stumble in the door and f- and find the same kind of thing. They'll come with their own, um, yeah, what what they're needing. But I think we we have something incredibly rich here that that I have, yeah, that has changed my life incredibly over the last ten years, and I still get accepted even though I'm stumbling along. <laughs> Um, and so we're going to move forward a little bit in the timeline to Pete Huskinson. Come on up, Pete. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kira. Morning. Um, yeah, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to say um, this morning, but um, I thought. Uh, just go a little bit with what was kind of top of mind, really. Um, so, so I guess um, our own story intersected with Vineyard, um, and it probably started um, really a, with a sense of being on an adventure of faith. That's what um, I think life with God is a, a bit like, and, and our adventure sort of, um, for in in various ways, led us to the point of being, you know, get, stepping off a plane twelve thousand miles away from anybody that we knew, apart from one person in a city of one and a half million who I had had a coffee with and spent one hour with of my life, and that that was about the extent to which I knew anybody here in this place. Um, and um, and and just in terms of, I guess, what 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 um, what had sort of gone before, you know, from a church point of view, we. You know, I, I became a Christian and got kind of straight into quite a large, charismatic Anglican church, very studenty kind of church um, that had some uh, connections with actually John Wimber's uh, team from 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 years ago, um, and then got involved with the university Christian movement and and kind of and through that then ended up in kind of house church in in a very formative time uh, with a sort of a network of churches that are very um, seeking to kind of. Um, to kind of declutter a lot of the the, the uh, ways of doing church and trying to be very kind of acts in acts focused and so so those that was a uh, interesting time but there were a couple of churches and they were both kind of quite big and quite confident churches um, and thriving all the rest of that um, we went off to Bible college actually and um, after that uh, had kind of um, just came back and were quite hands on in church planting in a in a fairly rough estate in the, the place that we lived um which was an interesting journey too and then um uh after all of that we um uh we ended up moving to quite a small place so we lived in a quite a small community about eleven thousand town of eleven thousand where there were only like four churches probably and so we were in a the community church and everybody knew you and you had the annual church fate on the on the lawn and you know uh and you know you could do like teas and coffees and face painting all that kind of stuff so so very different sort of scale really um and then we came to this big city of what one and a half million so the question was well how how do we connect and to what do we connect so so what were we kind of looking for um and what did we find um 
so the the core you know there are some fundamentals like you know looking for a some a, a group that will love god and love people you know fundamentally that's fairly kind of cool um and obviously be um be open to the spirit and to the word of god um but i think as well um it was really important to us to yeah and it was a real factor of can we find a church that have a heart for the poor and are connecting in some way uh, in that way and um and i think in the various like surfing on various websites before i got here you know i kind of understood about the community lunches that were kind of happening at that time and and uh, uh i knew a bit about vineyard a little bit so i thought okay well you know um this was one of several places we thought well better go and have a have a look and um i think from the time of moving from a big uh quite organized you know, if you've got a church of 1,200 people, you've got lots of people who are good at stuff, and, you know, it can get a bit slick. It isn't always slick, but it can be a bit slick. And and I think the difference, having experienced, you know, ground-level starting a church from, like, a handful of people was everybody mucks in. There isn't really clear demarcation. There isn't this professionalization, specialization. It's kind of a case of use all the gifts you've got because actually they probably won't, you know, you're going to need to kind of, you know, even the gifts that you've got like a tiny bit of because there isn't anyone else who's got any. <laughs> so, so all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and actually there is a real creativity and purpose and energy about all of that. So that had really stuck in me and in us. And I think therefore, I guess I would best sum it as kind of more like a grassroots community endeavor like mission as a grassroots community endeavor uh, rather than slick programs and church on a human scale and and that really was um a lot of what i've described there is a lot of what we found i think when we we got here um what did we find particularly i guess i'd say um the most striking thing was probably just shared life and uncomplicated warm friendship uh which i think is is worth a lot in 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 this life um you know a lot of sort of giving and receiving together through both good times and more challenging times you're thinking about even like lockdown just drawing closer and getting to know a smaller group uh, really well through that time um also uh kind of almost um something that i didn't know that i was looking for till i found it was just a sense of space for terry maori and Tamari and and a, a realization that the church needs to be bicultural and and the connection I think back to the founding kind of um, time of New Zealand and that the sense of being this being a country that's that's born on you know a covenant between two peoples and therefore living that in some way living that out and that's probably been something that's ebbed and flowed a bit during the time here but it's definitely something that is in our our, our DNA and even just to the point of being able to switch between languages and the songs and those kind of things, I think, um, really um, has been a, I think, is something of the heart of God, uh, actually. Um, there was also a lot of sort of practical, very timely help. You know, Jim and Jane kind of lent us beds to sleep on and various things when we've got nothing. And, uh, you know, uh, the the kind of the, the laugh group, kind of the old people who kind of drew us in. I remember, you know, sitting and having an eye kind of chewing the fat uh, in, in the other days of being here. Um, I think in terms of the sense of what do we what are, as well what do we see of of god in, in in what he's kind of done in urban is this there is a sort of an unassumingness and a, and an unassuming and humble humble grace really and also an ease about and a space for the things of the holy spirit that is not hyped or you know kind of stressed or you know it's that it's very unforced and natural kind of openness to that um, I think, as 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 Matt said, this is a 
you know, place to be creative and to be thoughtful and to be purposeful. And, um, yeah, and, and, and I guess in, in amongst all of that, um, it's been really great as well just to see, um, like, in, in kind of Nikki kind of came kind of I guess a couple of weeks after I arrived she just kind of uh, got over here and again it's been really great just to see the way that um, I've seen her be able to flourish and connect in in different ways here um, and that's been all part of that sense of grace and relationships and um, receiving people for their particular you know who they are you know and that doesn't mean you know you don't have to be one way here which is really really good uh, um, what do I sort of sense in terms of you know new growth like i guess do i sense to a hope but i guess part kind of new ways to connect with the life of the community i think you know we've we've been that and there've been a few seeds you know probably the community lunch have kind of some seeds have kind of gone to the ground for a bit and then it's like well what's going to grow out of that and, and how do we um and and i think it's interesting because i think incarnation is is different in a big city than it is in a small uh, you know a small town or a village in that in that there isn't like one group and it's not all about the place you know we're here to reach you know in that state we absolutely knew the boundaries of the estate and you could walk around it and it was it was three thousand people with this very clear perimeter with a big dual carriage road running outside of it so you absolutely knew where you were there i think for us it's more like we're a big city we've got connections all over the place whether it's into universities or the students, whether it's over in over in the West, or it's whether it's you know whether it's only hunger or whatever it is, and 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 um, there's it's more of a, like communities of interest thing. But I think there is still this thing of how do you Lord help us to connect um, in in a deeper way with the life of this, this this big city community that we're kind of we're part of. So so that's I guess my. Um, my sense and 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 so it's it's um it's just that incarnation and being kind of grace and truth coming in in in, in an incarnate way is um what i would share yeah so that's a little different today but this is it's sort of family, isn't it? Family talk, really, family family being. Um, thank you so much to each and every one of you who's shared um, and has given us, you know, personal reflections as well as looking back over the last 20 years and some thoughts around, around you know, what the hopes are for the future. And uh, I have to say that I just, um, you know, there's so many beautiful stories in there and it's wonderful just to take a moment to do that. And I loved how Jonathan reminded us uh, that, that God wants us to be a remembering people, which is what we've been doing this morning. And that if we forget our past, that we have no way um, of understanding our present and nor of being able to step into our future. So looking back is, is, is part of the heart of God. Thank you for that, um, Johnny. It was really helpful to step into our future and have clarity and a sense of purpose and direction. We need to, to look back as God encourages us, us to do. And um, in a moment, um, Lloyd's going to lead us in communion in a closing song. 
And but we're going to do something a bit practical, and that is that we're going to with two simple questions on them. Um, for us to take a moment, we're not going to share these publicly today, but it's an opportunity to, for us too to reflect on. Maybe it might be something that you've heard here today from one of the speakers. Maybe it's something else that you're thinking. Well, what have, what does it mean to me <coughs> with these questions to write down a word, phrase, or sentence on the characteristic of God that you've encountered at Urban that drew you in and compelled you to stay? And the second question, to write down a word or phrase or a sentence where you sense um, growth, new growth um, for you and for this church. So, you know, it would be great to capture these and to take a moment to do this together now. And so we're going to pause and allow that to happen. I'm going to pass these round and um, <coughs> maybe email Jenna pass these round with some pencils to do that. And, um, and, and just for us to do that as well. Um, and we're going to collect these this morning, so please don't pop them into your handbag or your backpack and think, oh, I'll think about it later. It's a bit of a drag, isn't it, because sometimes we want to think about it later, but we're not going to have that luxury this morning. We are actually going to do it together, and um, and we're going to collect them, and we're going to look over them again um, and, and bring some of the reflections and maybe some summaries to the prayer meeting on Wednesday night. So if anything, today is like a two-part thing. It's It's today... We're collecting some things, we've heard some stories, and then we're going to bring them together and honor them and make room for them and maybe pray some of them um, back to the Lord and look to the future um, in terms of what he's doing. Um, and so, that you know, this is a significant time for the future of our church. And I just thought I just, you know, a, even as you're thinking or as these, these things are being passed around, you know, I was reminded of a, a very old verse that was given to us as a movement, actually, which applies to the church. We're part of the Vineyard Movement, Aotearoa, New Zealand, and it's in Jeremiah 6, um, 16, which was extremely pivotal for us as a couple, a family, um, and, and the movement, and our church. It says, this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask about the ancient paths. Which is, the, which is the way to what is good? Then take it and find rest for your souls. And, you know, that's a backward look. Ask. Ask. Look back to the ancient, um, ancient paths. You know, looking back reminds us that God's will, God's, God wills his best for us. Wherever we are, as, a, as individuals in the church, God wills his best for us. And, look, and there are ancient, timeless there's ancient, timeless wisdom um, from his heart that cannot be improved upon. So we rest on that even as we go forward. And it is always um, the best path to follow. So we're on solid ground. You know, we're not sort of shaky people. We're not shaky wondering what's going on, where we're going. We're on solid ground as we look back. And we know that there's a future and a hope for us. So um, I just want to encourage us with us, maybe that remind us maybe that that you know that, that he's he's with us he's active and that he's willing his best for us as we as we sit in this time of looking back and looking forward so let's take a moment together shall we so lord come by your spirit now and just bring to the surface what's sitting in our hearts it might be a thought or a word that even seems irrelevant and yet that's what we're holding so I just welcome the Holy Spirit to come now and be among us. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Shine light on our path as individuals. Show us what it is that spoke to us around what drew us here and what our hunches, what our hope is to us, Lord, even as we just, you know, just as we gently just write down what it is that's sitting with us now. In Jesus' name, amen.